Welcome to Diva Deep Cuts Season 2, where we'll be counting down the top 10 best unsung songs by the great divas of today and yesterday. I am your host, Ben, and I have spent countless hours curating these cuts just for you. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. So we are kicking things off with my number one pop diva, who is actually tied with number one with someone else, which we'll get to later. But the important thing is that she is one of my number ones. I wanted to kick off the season with none other than Janet Jackson, because she's the one who really started my journey musically that led me here today to making this podcast. So I became obsessed with Janet when I was in middle school. She was at the top of her game and the top of the charts with her All For You album and was just having hit after hit and her songs were all over the radio and the TV. Her choreography was impeccable and she just seemed so cool and so much fun. I cannot tell you how many times I rented her music from the library before my relatives caved and started getting me Janet CDs for Christmas and my birthdays. (laughs) So in some ways, this is probably the easiest episode for me to record because I am so familiar with Janet's work. And on the other side of the coin, it was so hard to pick the top 10 deep cuts because I love all of her music so very much. It has been a part of my life for such a long time and foundational in loving and understanding music and the music industry and set the stage for everybody else that I grew to love their music as well. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Number 10, Let Me Know from 2008's Discipline. So this song was the Japan bonus track that wasn't widely available until very recently. But I'm very happy that it is, and I would have picked it anyway, even if it hadn't been recently released on streaming. I just will never forget the first time I heard it, the AI voice intro of Hello Lover. Welcome to Fantasies Fulfilled. That whole piece gets me every time. It just brings a smile to my face because it's so cheeky. And I love how this song vacillates between innuendos and more overt sexual references because it's just really fun and cheeky. It fit in with the theme of the record, which was kind of a futuristic vibe where Janet was going somewhere, I assume a house. And through the whole album, she was talking to this voice assistant named Kyoko and journeying journeying through various topics. So this kind of fits with that sort of futuristic, fantastic vibe of the whole album. Um, It is interesting, though, because Janet didn't write this one. She's 
known for writing or co-writing most of her material, but she didn't write anything on discipline. And yet it feels like her style and personality is stamped all over the record. But let me know in particular, it just is such a highlight to me because not besides the cheeky lyrics that are suggestive, but fun at the same time, the projection projection, the production is just so open and airy and fun and bouncy. It just feels very inviting because of the major key. And Janet vacillates back and forth between belting and giving a sort of softer, seductive coup in the verses. Um, Neo was actually co-writer on this. He collaborated with Janet a lot on this project. So I think it was not a case of Neo bringing a tranche of songs to Janet, but the two of them collaborating in the studio to make everything happen. So yeah, that was Let Me Know. So let me know what do you think of it. For number nine, we're going all the way back to Janet's breakthrough in 1986 with Control. Number nine is He Doesn't Even Know I'm Alive. Now, there's only two songs that weren't singles on Control, and I was on the fence about whether I should include any because she has so many deep cuts to pick from. But when I took the time to really think about her catalog and listen to some parts of it, to make sure I knew what I was doing. This one stood out to me for two reasons. One, because of the story, which I'll get to in a minute. And the other, it's because of her vocals. Like, this is the song that I point to when people try to come for Janet and say that she can't sing or that all that she does is whisper sing. She is full voice chest belting on this one multiple times and she sounds incredible and so i dare anybody else to listen to this and try to say janet can't sing now for the story piece this one is kind of a teen pop kind of song more than the rest of control which was very much a statement of stepping into adulthood and Janet did not write this one. This one was written by Spencer Bernard, who also played the rhythm section on this track, and then was produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And it tells the story of a young woman who has a crush on a guy and doesn't have the courage to introduce herself or doesn't know anyone that's a mutual contact to introduce them to each other. And so she sings about just being kind of obsessed with him and it's treated from the perspective of the speaker as always just cute and fun and bubbly crush but i always view this song <laughs> i view this song as the other side of rockwell's somebody's watching me where in this song you have janet and speaking as a young woman with a crush on a guy that's like you know calling up his house knows his patterns comes and rings the doorbell just to say hi to him one day and then you have this poor guy on the other side who's like i think i'm being watched somebody's like calling my phone and doesn't say anything 
this random girl showed up on my doorstep. Like, I feel like I'm being watched when I step out of the house and do things. (laughs) So there's this more almost sinister undertone underneath. And I get that the sentiment was sort of that passionate infatuation of young love and crushes when one is still in the throes of puberty hormones. But like, it's not healthy to like stalk someone just because you have a crush on them. Like just because you find them attractive is not a reason to show up at their place or to just dial their number and see if they pick up. Like it's kind of not okay. (laughs) Kind of. It's very much not okay. But the song wasn't framed that way. It was meant to be more lighthearted. So that's why I wanted to include it because it is more of a thinking piece rather than just a sort of bubbly teen pop song. So on number eight, we'll get a little more serious. Number eight, Truth from 2001's All For You. So this was a song that as a kid in 2001, I didn't really grasp what it was about. I just knew it was a slower song on the All For You record. And at that time, I would mostly skip slower songs. Not always, but often. I was very much into up-tempo songs at the time. I just knew it had that catchy hook that was sampled from another song, which I now know is The Five Stair Steps and their big hit, Ooh Child part of the chorus but it wasn't until later when I circled back to this album as an adult that I realized just how vulnerable and devastating this song is so Janet wrote and recorded truth in the aftermath of her divorce from Renee Elizondo Jr. with whom she'd been together since 1987 and he had been a big part of her career directing her videos, helping assemble her tours, doing some choreography for her, being involved in some writing and production, just intimately involved in all aspects of her career. So this song hints at a lot of things and is kind of a stream of consciousness in the verses about Janet's thoughts and feelings about the separation that Many things that he said and did as they were separating and divorcing were just done to make her feel pain. To kind of cut back at her after everything that they'd done together for years. She was also questioning his motives and whether he was genuine in his feelings or whether he stayed with her for so long to ride her coattails and gain personally from her career. So... It's just very sad and not without energy. There's a key change. The beat keeps it pushing forward and it has some very light, almost gospel kind of keyboards from Jimmy Jam in the background. But ah, it is both hard to listen to and hard to turn off. And that's especially saying something because it's almost seven minutes long. So stick with it. It is 
a song that really takes you on a journey and lets you into Janet's world. She's not one to like spill all in interviews or otherwise. You have to listen to the music and really listen to what she's saying. But she does explain what she's feeling through her music and always has. So, yeah. Number seven, This Body, featuring Jermaine Dupree from 2006's 20 Years Old. So, I always feel like I'm in the minority of Janet's fans for really liking this track, but let me explain myself. So, 20 Years Old was released 20 years after Control, hence the name of the album, and it was the one of the first times that Janet, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis let somebody else have a big hand in co-producing a lot of the record with them, because Janet was dating Jermaine Dupri at the time. So he co-produced the front half of the album with the three of them, and it shows. Um, the back half is more traditional Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis production, but we'll get to that later. Um, so on this one, though, the extended metaphor of the song is part of why I like it so much. The story is Janet singing from the perspective of a woman in a magazine photo shoot. I don't know that it goes as far as Playboy, but it is still like, I don't know, maybe Sports Illustrated swimsuit or something. But so Janet is singing as this object in a magazine instead of as a person. And so then like Jermaine Dupree, who does a rap verse pitched down to sound like somebody else kind of comes across as the viewer or the voyeur of this magazine and like fantasizing about this woman that Janet's singing as. And I just find it amusing and unique of a concept for a song. And I really like the fusion of the electric guitars with the hip hop production. I I love when I think that genre fusion is done successfully. In in this case, I think it is like, it just adds this grittiness to the song that a lot of what Rihanna ended up doing later with like rockstar 101 fresh out the runway, um, a number of other songs where she kind of took harder rockier elements and fuse them with hip-hop and R&B. So this was kind of the prototype for that. And I don't know, it's just Janet fully commits to the concept and including her little commentary ad-libs over Jermaine Dupri's verse. And I just think it works really well. I also think her vocals on this track are a lot stronger than the other Jermaine Dupri produced tracks on 20YO. For some reason, I think she sounds like she's singing with a head cold on all of the tracks that come before this one on the record and the one that comes after. So I don't know when the sessions were done. I don't know how much pressure Janet was under or if she had self-imposed deadlines of wanting to get another record out since she didn't tour for Jimmy to Joe. I don't know, but... This one, however, is the exception to the JD produced tracks to me, and I do enjoy it, and I hope you did too. And if not, 
maybe you can at least see where it was coming from and understand why I enjoy it more than like so so excited, show me, do it to me, etc. So yeah. For number six, we're gonna go back in time once again. Number six, Lonely from Rhythm Nation, 1814. A friend once asked me if I had to pick which Janet Jackson album is my favorite. And I had to sit and think about it for a little bit. Because picking between Janet albums for me is splitting hairs because I think they're all essential. But when it came down to it, I answered Rhythm Nation. Because it's just such a solid artistic statement from beginning to end. So similarly with Control, when I sat down to start assembling my top 10 favorite Janet Deep Cuts, I was like, hmm, Rhythm Nation's my favorite album, but eight of the 12 songs are singles. And the ones that were not singles, I love them, but I also understand why they were not singles. So I kind of didn't think about Rhythm Nation a lot at first. But when I started sifting through the tracks and really thinking about them, I landed on Lonely because it is truly a stunning ballad. It has some gentle acoustic guitar. It has this lush, warm feeling of being at the beach or some other place with humidity, but not in a way that's oppressive, just in a way that's comforting and energizing and also relaxing. The song is a very straightforward message about Janet singing to somebody or anybody really who's feeling alone, stating that I'm here for you. It doesn't matter what I'm doing or how you're feeling. You can reach out to me if you're feeling lonely. And it's really sweet. The whole song from beginning to end just kind of holds the listener in a gentle embrace. It's also one of the first times in Janet's career that we get to see the amazing layering of background vocals that she is now known for. People say Brandy's the vocal Bible, but Janet's backgrounds are just stunning. And this is one of the earliest occurrences of that. That really makes the song. There's also some little effects. Like in the second verse, there's a stop in the production that kind of catches the attention and wakes the listener back up a little bit. There's uh, beautiful melodies and harmonies in the bridge and the breakdown. And the whole thing is just very sweet. It's almost like a lullaby. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a good way where it just makes me, I'll say me, I hope the list, all listeners, but at least it makes me feel better, feel more relaxed. And I think that is part of the intention with the production choices. So this one is very soothing. And I had to include something for my favorite Janet album.
Now at the midpoint with number five, we have one of the baby making ballads that Janet is so famous for. <laughs> this one is Moist from Demita Joe in 2004. So this has always been one of my favorite tracks, not necessarily because of the subject material, like the lyrics are hot and kind of amusing if you pay attention. It's kind of hard, though. Janet does swallow her words a little bit, so it's difficult to make out what she's saying unless one is reading the lyrics along with the song or has very good noise-canceling headphones on, and even then. But I just love the soundscape of the production in this one. It is top-notch. Some of the songs on Demita Joe are not quite as slick and as much of an ace in the hole as Janet and Jimmy and Terry had done for years prior. But something about Moist puts it up there for me in the same tier as her past work. There's a bass guitar, electronic keyboards, a regular piano, this little percussive effect on the pre-chorus that matches the rhythmic staccato lyrics that she's singing speak singing if you will um there's thunderstorm effects there's these warbling synths in the background everything is synced and timed and layered so perfectly that each piece of the song matches janet's vocal delivery and the lyrical content so well that it's very smooth and feels like nighttime atmosphere and then it sort of builds into this chorus it's kind of like the rain cloud opening up which is a very blatant metaphor for the content of the song <laughs> but yeah i just think it's a master class in song and vocal production despite the content being not safe for work. And Janet doesn't even use any profanity in it. It's just very sexual, and yet it was enough to get it removed from the quote-unquote clean version of the album when songs like Sexhibition and Strawberry Bounce remain. So I don't understand, but whatever. So that was Moist. I'm sorry if you don't like hearing that word spoken aloud, but it's the title of the song, and I still recommend it, even if Moist gives you slight misophonia. Number four is a more recent discovery for me, relatively speaking. It is Accept Me from the Velvet Rope era. Accept Me didn't make the original track list of the album. It eventually came out as the B-side to the final single, Every Time, and was included on the deluxe edition that came out on the 20th anniversary, 25th anniversary of the Velvet Rope, excuse me, in 2022. And I fell in love with it the first time I heard it, which is really saying something as someone who is so familiar with Janet's catalog. But it had a similar 
feel to the rest of Velvet Rope. But I just thought it was so beautiful and sincere and sad and vulnerable. And we've already talked about Truth, which is the post-divorce song with Janet processing everything that happened. This to me feels like the pre-divorce song where Janet's trying to make the relationship work, trying to be like, I care about you. I don't want to be with anyone else, but you, you mean so much to me, but you need to accept me for who I am and not place all these expectations on me of who you want me to be. And I promise not to do the same for you. So it's just so beautiful and heartbreaking. It's couched in this very gentle, laid back groove of a production, sonically consistent with other tracks on the velvet rope. And it is just so lovely to me. I knew it was going to make the list. I just wasn't sure where, but it was very easily top five for me. And I, again, I feel like I'm in the minority with this one amongst Janet fans where they're like, oh yeah, it's nice. It's, it's all right. But I like this, that, and the other thing better. And I'm like, do you not hear what she's saying? Do you not hear that she's pouring her heart out trying to save her relationship, but also making a statement and setting some boundaries at the same time about her own needs and who she is. (sighs) So yeah, I just, I love it. I think it's, really beautiful and it makes me feel happy and sad at the same time every time I listen to it. Number three comes from Janet's most recent album, 2015's Unbreakable. And it is Take Me Away which is one of my favorite tracks of all time, which is how it landed at number three. This one is a straight up pop song. It's got electric guitars, powerful synths, and it just feels very open and expansive. Again, I've talked about this in other episodes, but For some reason, I just visualize a music video on a runway and an airplane hangar with lots of wind for this song. Like, it feels like one just needs to be outside in the wind to fully experience the majesty of this song. And it's just so happy and euphoric. Like, it's... There's a little bit at the beginning about, like, oh, you know, sometimes the stressors of life get me down, but it's really about how this other person makes Janet feel and how she just wants to get away with him and just be on this euphoric high. But it doesn't feel like the infatuation kind of high to me. This is not a beginning of a new relationship song to me. This is an established relationship. It's like, ugh. Being with you is a safe space and a joy where I can step away from all the expectations and demands put on me by every other area of life. And I just want to get away with you. And that euphoria just carries through to the end. 
It's just sweet, bouncy, energetic, and it always brings a huge smile to my face every time I hear it. So I knew this would be near the top. 10 through 4 were the ones that were a little bit harder and required some finessing to think about what I was going to include. But this and the rest of the top three was hands down, no thought needed, no planning needed, ready to go. So with that, let's move on. Number two, what about from the velvet rope? So this is probably one of the most impactful, powerful songs Janet has ever done. And for longtime Janet fans, it's not that deep of a cut because she had an acclaimed performance of it during the album cycle at the MTV Fashion Awards or VH1 Fashion Awards, one of those, and has included it on the set list of numerous tours. But I couldn't not include it. It's just an amazing and horrifying portrait of domestic abuse and how insidious it can be. I've always pictured a music video for it that was relatively simple, where it just kind of enacts the lyrics of the song with Janet and a man walking along a beach, sort of like bluish tones at night. And then when it gets to the chorus where it's like her mind reminding her of all the things this man has done, it shifts to a reddish color and like there's another Janet that kind of shifts out of herself. And then there's like images floating around showing all these things this man has said and done and the way he's treated her. And then it comes back to the blue tone for the lighter, slower, more mellow verses. And then it happens again. And then we get to the third verse where Janet gets to the point where she decides I can't take this anymore. I am calling him out on what he's done and ending this now because I cannot accept this man's marriage proposal. <sighs> Getting heated just talking about this song. Uh, it's so heavy, but so necessary. And it hits really hard live. When I've seen Janet live on tour with this song, she does... Uh, a setup with her dancers where they act out some of the things with the choreography that are said in the song. And she references her past relationships. She pulls it together at the end by saying like, this is me, this is my life. So it just brings with it a lot of emotions and it's too important to not make it I almost didn't include it because I thought it's too well known to be a deep cut, but I was like, the song is too important to not talk about it. So it made it in. And after it made it in, I was like, this, this has to be near the top. It's, it's too good and too important not to be. <sighs> now taking a breath to shake that out a little bit, come back down to earth. 
So you may be wondering, what is number one then? Well, I'll tell you in just a moment. Drum roll, please. Number one is Enjoy from 20YO. I will champion this song for the rest of my days. It is one of my favorite songs Janet has ever recorded. I actually use it as an alarm on my phone sometimes when I need to use my phone instead of an alarm clock because it's a really pleasant way to start the day. One of the many things that I love about this song is that it's not about romantic love. Yes, this is a bouncy, happy R&B song, but it's easy to write one of those about romantic love. It's much harder to convey other types of love and joy in an authentic way in a song, I think. And Janet Jackson succeeds in spades, I think. The verses are really warm and low. The chorus is catchy and sweet. The background vocals are layered and lovely. There's even a chorus of children at the end to help lighten the atmosphere even more. It's very much like the sun coming out after a storm. Whenever I want to feel better or whenever I want to feel motivated, not just to go after my goals, but also reminded that self-care is important. This is the song I turn to. One of my favorite sections is when she says, people acting like machines because they're scared to live their dreams. No, not me. And I really love that. You know, it hit harder for me, that lyric, after I started on this journey of making this podcast because I was afraid or felt like there was no possible way that I could ever do anything with my love and passion for music, that it was just a part of me that I just kind of enjoyed off in the corner by myself. And, you know, I didn't listen to this song on purpose when I was starting making this podcast, but when it came up as I was working on production and getting other things, things set up. I was like, oh, yes, I relate to this song that I love even more than I already do. So I hope if you take nothing else away from this episode, I hope you add enjoy to your music library and your regular rotation because it is just a beautiful song from beginning to end. Thank you for joining me on this journey through Janet Jackson's best deep cuts. Head over to divadeepcuts.com to find the playlist that goes with this episode on Spotify or YouTube, as well as to check out the blog post with the honorable mentions. And don't forget to sign up for my email list where you'll get exclusive access to my forgotten single commentary that goes along with each episode as well. 
Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can also follow me on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Diva Diva Cuts. Also, I almost forgot, there is a subscription tier, $4.99 a month, where if you sign up and make recurring subscription payments, you can get access to bonus episodes that are only for subscribers. These episodes will have no ads in them, and they are only accessible to those who choose to subscribe. So I thank you in advance for your support. And even if you don't choose to subscribe, I thank you for your support and listening to this show, spreading the word, and thinking more deeply about music. Season 2 is going to be an exciting ride where I talk through the best deep cuts of 20 of my favorite artists. I look forward to sharing more music with you. Until next time, I'm Ben. This is Diva Deep Cuts. Thank you.